Let, let me give you just a brief background so that the word can have greater potency than just reading it. What we're going to read about in just a few moments in the book of Daniel is an episode in the life of Daniel when he was fervently praying and seeking God. And God heard him in a dramatic, powerful way. In our text, Daniel, previous to this text, was taken as a prisoner from his homeland and his hometown as a teenager. In chapter 10, he's now 85 years old. He and other young men, as well as a host of multitude of thousands, were taken from the place of God's promise, Jerusalem and its surrounding areas and all of the promised land, into what would be 70 years of captivity in Babylon. Even though Daniel and his peers were in a strange land with a strange God, with a strange culture, with a strange cuisine, Daniel stayed faithful to God. The Bible says here that God used, hold on just a minute, I'll read it. A Babylonian king in chapter 1 of this book by the name of Nebuchadnezzar to judge the people of God for 70 years. By the time we get to chapter 10, the 70 years is about over. Two years ago, the king told the Jews that they could return back to their homeland. Well, you would think they would be excited. But it had been 70 years. That's almost two generations in the counting of that time. Two generations. Many of them had lost their identity. They were Jews in name, but in reality they were very apathetic about the true things of God. Let me say this to you. I know that that's Daniel many years ago, but this is today, January 29, 2012. You could be in your storm so long, you can get used to it. You can be in your depression, your pain, your fear, your marriage turmoil, your joblessness. Whatever, whatever thing you're in, you can be a slave to a certain kind of sin so long until the devil makes you think that's about as high as you can go. You can be Christian by name. And not Christian by purpose and power. And that's not God's plan for you. You can lose your identity, even in a Sunday morning service. Daniel is 85 years old. He's retired from public office. And he's heartbroken over what the Jews have become. He prays and fasts for 21 days because of the apathy. And after he spends time with God, God speaks to him in a vision like unto no other prophet had seen. Chapter 10, verse 1. In the third year of Cyprus, king of Persia, a message was revealed to Daniel, whose name was called Belshazzar. The message was true, but the appointed time was long, and he understood the message, and he had understanding of the vision. In those days, here's Daniel speaking now, in those days, I, Daniel, was mourning three full weeks. I ate no pleasant food, no meat or wine came to my mouth, nor did I anoint myself at all, till three whole weeks were fulfilled. Now on the 24th day of the fifth first month, as I was by the side of the great river, that is the Tigris, I lifted my eyes and looked, and behold, a certain man clothed in linen, whose waist was girded with the gold of Euphaz. His body was like burl, his face like the appearance of lightning, his eyes like torches of fire, his arms and his feet like burnished bronze in color, and the voice of his words were like the voice of multitude. If you read in Revelations chapter 1 and 2, somewhere around there, you'll see another man saw a similar vision. His name is John the Revelator. Hallelujah. Let me go on. Verse 7. And I, Daniel, alone saw the vision, for the men who were with me did not see the vision, but a great terror fell upon them, so that they fled to hide themselves. 
Therefore I was left alone when I saw this great vision, and no strength remained in me. For my vigor was turned to frailty in me, and I retained no strength. Yet I heard the sound of his words. And while I heard the sound of his words, I was in a deep sleep on my face, with my face on the ground. Suddenly a hand touched me, which made me tremble on my knees and on the palms of my hands. There's something about being in the presence of holiness, isn't it? And he said to me, O Daniel, man greatly beloved, understand the words which I speak to you and stand upright, for I have now been sent to you. While he was speaking this word to me, I stood trembling. Then he said to me, Do not fear, Daniel, for from the first day that you sent your, set your heart to understand and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard, and I have come because of your words. That's not all I want to read, but I want to pause. I'm telling you, three weeks ago today, I challenged you to a 21-day prayer challenge. Pray the words of your need. Three weeks ago today, I challenged you to circle your Jericho. Write it down. Pray about it. Have an encounter with God. Because just like God sent an angel to hear the prayer of Daniel, Daniel got a visitation from another world because he kept the words of his prayers continually going up to God. And if you keep on praying, even though you don't hear God the first day, God will give you a visitation. Hurry, Alan. Thank you. Verse 13. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me, withstood me 21 days. And behold, Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me, for I had been left alone there with the king of Persia. Now I have come to make you understand what will happen to your people in the latter days, for the vision refers to many days yet to come. But then verse 19, very quickly skip down. And he said, O man greatly beloved, fear not. Oh, hallelujah. Peace be to you. Be strong. Yes, I said, be strong. So when he spoke to me, I was strengthened and said, Let my Lord speak, for you have strengthened me. Next slide. I don't know what you came about. I think you came about the right thing. But I want to talk to you on this last sermon, I think. I think on the four-part series, The Circle Maker. People who hear God. It doesn't just happen because you wish it. doesn't just happen because you show up. There is a particular path. Set your hands my way. and Set your hands also in the direction of the Lord. And you pray like you are somebody today who came to hear from God and not just hear from a man. Come on, offer a prayer. My God, the anchor holds. The anchor is holding right now. And oh God, I pray in Jesus' name for fresh anointing. I pray for fresh oil from the presence of God. I pray for new revelation if you so desire. A reminder of the impartation you've already given. God, if these people are depending on me and I'm depending on myself, we're going to be miserable. But if all of us want to hear from, the, from God and His Word, we are going to be changed. Oh, come on, somebody help me. God, I know we got places to go and things to do. And I'm always pressured by the time. And I'm not here, oh God, to wear out the time. But I pray for the fire of God to burn in our bosom. I pray for the glory of God when we're finished to shine off our face. I pray that everybody here 
will be somebody who says, I heard God's voice today, and I will never be the same again. Thank you, God, that you never disappoint. Anoint us and sanctify us. Amen and amen. You may be seated, please. Thank you. In the presence of God. Keep your Bibles open so that I don't waste your time. I hasten to get right to the Word and tell you I don't believe you're here this morning. Yes, because you feel like you got a social obligation you got to meet this week. I really don't believe that you got up, got ready, made arrangements, came here just because it's politically correct in some of the circles you might be in. In some circles it isn't. I truly believe if you're anything like me, you want God to speak to you through His presence, the songs, the music, the prayer, and His Word. And He never disappoints. And so I would hasten to tell you in verse, for, for point number one of, of this lesson today, that people who hear God truly desire to hear Him. I want to be one of those on this Sunday morning who hear God. I believe the first aspect of truly hearing God is being in a position that all other voices are hollow echoes of emptiness. If I know anything as I get older, that would be 55 now. Yes. Don't look like you're shocked. You're headed there. The alternative is not good. When you stop having birthdays, that's not good. Fifty-five. If I know anything about being fifty-five years old, is I want to hear God more clearly and more frequently ever in my life. Now, please understand by looking at me, you might look and tell by this, this uh, temple that I'm probably worse for the wear. But no, sir, honey. I still got fire in my bones and fire in my eyes. I got a million more whoop glories I'm going to holler. I, I'm more madder than the devil and gladder about God. And you don't have to wind up my clock. You don't have to praise him for me. You don't have to blow my whistle. I don't care if I have no hair or no teeth. As long as I have breath, I want to be hearing from God somewhere. If you want to hear from God, give the Lord some praise. Yeah. So don't have pity on me. Just pray for me. <laughs> Daniel. Daniel chapter 10 verses 2 and 3. In those days, I, Daniel, was mourning three full weeks. Sounds like a man who wants to hear from God. He wanted to hear so much from God that all other desires became second place. That's what I was trying to do three weeks ago today when I told you about Mark Batterson's book, The Circle Maker. When I told you about Honai, the rainmaker, who, because he was a circle maker, became nicknamed the Rainmaker. That's what I told you three weeks ago 
about what God wanted to do with a person or persons who will camp out in a place of prayer and say to God, I will not leave this place or this conviction or this burden until you open up heaven and pour out your mercy and your grace and your provision. I'm here to stay until you show up, God, and until you show out. You see, I've come to understand. Look at verse 3. Daniel said, I ate no pleasant food. No meat, no wine came into my mouth, nor did I anoint myself at all until three whole weeks were fulfilled. He wanted to hear from God. It wasn't that he couldn't eat or drink. He's 85 years old, but he's got a good retirement because, because of a prayer life he had from the first day he was in captivity as a teenager. And because he kept God first and always wanted to hear from God, he ascended to be the prime minister of the kingdom. A slave to a prime minister. So it wasn't he didn't have something to eat, but he wanted to hear God. His desire to hear from God was so great that Daniel didn't eat, drink, or even bathe. And that is not to speak negatively about his personal hygiene, but the fact of the matter is they didn't have the kind of plumbing and, and indoor, outdoor stuff and hot and cold water and, and all those kind of things. But let, let me give you a little bit of a, a little bit legitimizing of what he meant. I have talked to people who work so hard during the day because they prayed for their business to succeed. They pray for customers to come in. They pray for sales to increase because that's how they make their livelihood. And, and, and they pay their employees and they make their own livelihood to pay their bills. And I've had people say, Pastor, I've worked so hard today. I've missed my morning break, my lunch break, and my evening break. Uh, I, I've worked so hard, I've had, hardly had time to go to the bathroom at all. Uh, haven't you heard people say that? And, and, and they, some of them are glad because in this economy and this kind of uh, sales and, and, and all kinds of problems related to uh, finances... They're rejoicing. And I've come to understand that there's nothing wrong with that. Okay? Pastor, I'm so involved in getting this house built. Or I'm so involved in making sure I get this loan. I'm so involved in finishing my college career. I'm so involved in trying to get my GED or finish high school. I'm so involved in helping my child or whatever that, that I don't have time for other things. And you know what? You do it because, because you are desirous to reach a certain place of, of prosperity or help. And I'm telling you this morning, I, I'm trying to say that if we can become so desirous to hear from God, you will hear from God. Somebody help me here. My Lord, if we are, if we are desirous to hear from God and, and we are like Daniel, it won't be a whole lot of cost to miss breakfast every once in a while and miss lunch every once in a while and miss dinner. Come on and help me here. It won't be so hard every once in a while to cut off the cell phone and not return a text message or not return an airmail because your marriage needs help. Your son needs help. Your daughter needs help. Your body needs help. Your aunt or uncle needs help. Your business is about to sink. And God wants to speak. And He's saying, if you really want to hear from me, you can. Why was Daniel so anxious to hear from God? He looked around and he was in such despair over the apathy of the people of God that he wanted to know from God how he could be a part of the solution. One fellow asked another fellow who seemed sluggish and not really with the program, not really motivated, not getting involved in anything. And he said to the guy, do you know the definition of apathy? And the guy says, 
I don't know, and I don't care. Therein is the definition of apathy. And you're smiling because that's how the devil would like to make us in our spiritual walk. We get to one level, one place, and we think that's all the way, that's all it is. Not realizing there are more devils to chase and more demons to rebuke and higher heights of God's anointing and power and glory. There are more possessions to possess. There are more blessings and healing. But the devil wants to get you in a place like Babylon where you stay there so long. And you think, that's all. Apathy. And so Daniel saw the problem. God's people enjoyed being in captivity. Can you imagine that? I've seen people who like talking about their surgeries. I like, I've seen people who like talking about how big the stone was in the gallbladder, bigger than their aunt or uncles. Now, I'm not against telling you what. I, I like people sitting about talking about their horror stories. Oh, they did laparoscopy on me. Uh, oh, but somebody else pops up. Oh, I didn't have that when I, when I had that surgery. They cut me in half. Come on, help me preach. I've seen people like talking about how hard it is. Nobody knows the troubles I see. That's the one thing I couldn't follow with you, Pastor Powell, is singing like you, so I'm doing my best. And let me sing another part of that song. Nobody gives a rip. You know why? They're singing their own song. We get so camped out in mumbling and grumbling, like you said Wednesday night, and whining and complaining until we lose the joy of the Lord and we lose our song. God wants to give you a new song, a new joy, a new praise. If you want it, you can have it. But you got to desire it. I, I tell you, Daniel wanted to hear from God so much that it consumed him. You can't tell me that you want to hear from God when you just blow into church once in a while and blow out. You can't tell me you really want to want to hear. From, oh, yeah, Pastor, I want to hear from God. And the only prayer you know is now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep it. If I should die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. You better quit praying that. He's liable to do it. You don't really want to hear from God if all you got is a poem and three points and some dried up something stuck in your Bible that you ain't read in a month. I'm not trying to be mad. Don't tell me you really want to hear from God if you're blowing at the altar and you time God and say you got three minutes and if it ain't done, I'm moving on. You ain't really want to hear from God. Daniel waited 21 days fasting, praying. I, I like what David said. Here was a time in David's ministry as king of Israel when he was king and he was powerful. But this may also be a time, and I didn't go back and check the actual background. I preached this before. Whatever time in life it was, he was so desperate to hear God. Psalm 63, 1 and 2 says, Oh God. Oh God is what he said. You know, you ain't falling asleep on me. You are my God. Hungry people will pray like this. Early will I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. That's a hungry man for God. My flesh 
longs for you like I'm in a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. I don't know what America you're living in, but this is a dry and thirsty land. They're cursing God and they're blaspheming the church and cursing Christianity and shaking their hands at the Word of God and their finger in the face of God. This is a dry and thirsty land. I want God to send us revival. David remembered that there were times when he went in the sanctuary and God showed up. So I have looked for you in the sanctuary to see your power and your glory. When you get, when you get really wanting to hear from God, ain't nobody going to tell you how you ought to pray. You can hear from God. Look, look, look at this. Here's something here that oh, everybody wants this now. We quoted this. Everybody wants Jeremiah 29, 11. Well, that's for me, Pastor. I got it stuck in my car on my visor. I got it on the mirror, stuck. And I, I want you to claim the promises, okay? And I, I'm with this too. It says in Jeremiah 29, 11, For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. Wow, Pastor, I'm claiming that. Well, here's the thing. I don't mean to burst your bubble, but I need to give you context. That ain't the end of that thought. Pardon my grammar. If I'm going to get verse 11, I've got to remember that there's verse 12 and 13. Anybody going to help me or do I do this by myself? Then you will call on me and go and pray to me. And I will. Everybody read the 13th verse out loud. And you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. You and I better quit claiming promises and verses if we don't mean to tarry and wait on God about those same things. Somebody say amen. Thank God for my father who prays for me. Thank God for my mother who's in heaven who prayed for me. Thank God for the elders and the pastor and your best friend who prays and your grandma and grandpa. But if you want to hear from God, you then will must seek the Lord. You must call on His name. You and you and you and you and me. I must want to hear from God and God must hear from me if I am going to be changed. Help me praise the Lord. Yeah. I know it's obvious to you that if you want to hear from God, you have to desire it. But it's more than just pushing a button. There's spiritual warfare. That's what Daniel did for 21 days. You will call upon me and I will answer you. i got to hurry here. Help me, Lord Jesus. I, I, I want you to... Here's what I've understood. By asking the question, what is it? That will make us want to hear from God. Sometimes it's circumstances. Things like crises in our lives. Things like failures. Emptiness. Loneliness. Problems. Even opportunities can cause you to call on God. Listen to me now. You know this already. I'm just, I'm just your reminder. If you don't need, know it, then you need to hear it because he wants to speak. Some of these circumstances, some of these storms, some of these perilous places you're in can quite likely have been orchestrated by the Holy Ghost for you right now. Because God took care of you last year and sometime back and you've been sailing smoothly on that. 
And things have been going so well until you ain't praying like you should pray, reading the Bible like you should. You're not attending church like you should. You're not tithing and giving to God what belongs to Him. But you're being able to take care of all the other stuff and God is second place. So He will allow a storm, a trial, a circumstance, a certain situation to drive you to a place where you really want to hear from Him. I I say to you, A better way to hear from Him is just because you want to. I choose to want to hear what Jesus is saying to me. Oh, I'm telling you, when you make the choice, God, I'm available. I'm all ears, so to speak, as the the slogan goes. I make a choice. You see, I got a radio in my car. And I got other means of communication in my office and house. We got radio, TV, telephone. We, you know all that stuff. And sometimes I want to hear something. I, I may turn on a talk show host that I think may be pertinent to whatever's going on in, in America. It don't take long if I'm listening to that and the language changes and the attitude stinks and everybody's, you know, everything's bad. I make a choice. I got that power button. I just push that baby. I ain't listening to that. Yeah. Talk show host people. Turn it on. I'm going through the house. We didn't mean for it to run over on that show. Come on now. Yeah. If Ellen DeGeneres shows up on my TV, she's cut off like that. Yeah. Just like that. And a few other of her cohorts. And you can tell her I said that. I don't need to hear that junk. You know. I make a choice. I make a choice. People I hang around with and who are, if I ain't feeling too good today and I don't need to commit suicide, there are a few people I don't want to see and talk to. They're going to just help me go over Niagara Falls while standing there. See you when I see you. I'll make a choice. Good preaching, little Indian. Thank you very much. Yeah. I got some CDs in my car. That I love to listen to. They're old gospel hymns. You know what your, your preference is? That's okay with me. But I like some of those words. I make a choice to build up myself in the Word of God and in the Holy Ghost. I, I make a choice. And whenever I create an atmosphere for God, be it in my living room, be it in my car, be it in my church office, and I say, God, I want to hear from you. I don't want to hear any more from this talk show and that talk show and this politician and that politician, this whining and grumbling and griping and complaining. I create a sanctuary for you to come down on this car. I'm telling you, if I make half an effort for God to be invited in my life, He'll make a whole effort to fill up my life, fill up my car, fill up up my office with his power. Has he ever done that for you? Give him praise. Let me tell you something else that will cause you to hear from God. Passion. Everybody say the word passion. People pursue their passion. Yeah, I do. When you get my age, you're going to have to pursue your passion carefully. So while Friday was my birthday, Sunday a week ago was Lakeland's birthday. He's two years old. I only grandson. So his mom and dad threw a party for him at a place called Monkey Joe's. <laughs> Monkey Joe's. They've never been to a place like that. Got these high, tall, inflatables. 
slides, curves, turns, climbing up and down, all that kind of stuff. Kids are like, like they, they need some, let somebody give them a ton of sugar before they get there. I saw Carly yesterday, and she's right in there with them. You know, your, your daughter, face is red as a, as a beat. Well, see, over since Lakeland's born, I've made it my business for me to be his best buddy. He don't understand the value of money right now. When that comes along and I need to do it, I'll go that way, but I'll save it my money for right now, because right now he's more about candy and others. Oh, I, 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 I make it my business. Papa is around, Mom, Mia, his, his, his grandmother, and other family members. But I make it my business that, that, that Lakeland wants to say, Papa, Papa. Yeah. That's a powerful name in my life. So yesterday, he was a little bit overwhelmed with the slides and the climbing and the jumping and the flipping. And, and he wouldn't go on nothing, Sister Teresa, unless Papa went with it. Now, man, I, I got a passion. I took off my shoes. I handed Valerie my cell phone, took my bill phone off my pocket, and I, I changed my passion yesterday. <laughs> I don't know who Monkey Joe is, but we had a Monkey Allen going on over there yesterday. Man, he'd sit in my lap and we'd go, whee! Passionate about that boy. Did y'all hear me? Passionate. He'll say, I don't want to talk to Papa. I'm talking to him, buddy. And then we got Skype and we got, I'm, I'm talking to Lakeland. I'm passionate now. I'm telling you what, I'm a father and I'm a grandfather. If my, if my daughters call me three o'clock in the morning, I'm picking up that phone because I'm passionate about them. If my dad calls me, I'm passionate about them three o'clock in the morning. If, if I, because I'm pursuing what my passion is. If you call me, I'm going to let you leave a recording. Dad, I'm going to listen to see if I want to call you back. Three o'clock in the morning. You call me and you're in jail three o'clock in the morning. I ain't calling you back. You need to stay there. I need the rest. You need the rest. Don't come here telling me I want to bail. Come here, Pastor. No, 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 no. You're in a good place. We all know where you are. I feel a whoop glory. I think I'll drink to that. I'm passionate. When you will get passionate about God... My marriage isn't what it ought to be. So I'm pursuing God. I don't care if it's like Daniel 21 days or 22 days. I'm staying right here in your presence. Can I get an amen? God, my business has got to do better. God, I've been having bad dreams and nightmares and that's not your will. I'm passionate about an answer. Can I get an amen? God, I'm passionate about my son being away from the wrong crowd and doing drugs and alcohol. I'm passionate about my daughter not getting with the wrong crowd. I'm passionate, oh God, about getting out of financial debt. I'm passionate, oh God, of being anointed in the Holy Ghost. I want the fire of God. If you're passionate, I don't care what your circumstances are. If you make a choice to hear God, God, you will hear. Clap your hands and praise Him. I, I, I got to hurry. I, I got four points, but I'll only get one more. Listen to this. Your question is this. Do I pursue God for His gifts? Or do I just pursue God for who He is? Do I pursue God to bless me, bless me, bless me? Or do I pursue God to find ways how I can bless others? Somebody told me this morning in between service, that Creflo Dollar said on TV this morning, while they were looking at him, about his church and people, when's the last time you prayed for God to give you money so you could give it to the church? 
Thank God for Creflo. Let that sink. Yeah. I listen to Creflo regularly. You know? So it's always God give me money so I can pay for my bills. I can buy a nicer car. I can have a nicer house. I can dress like little Lord Funkley Roy. I can go to Hawaii or whatever I want to go. Give me money so I can. And when's the last time you said, God, I want to be a tither. I want to be a giver. I want to be a missionary. I want to build a church. I want to help a teenager go to Winterfest. I don't want any credit or glory. Bless me so I can bless your kingdom. Yeah, so sometimes you fast and pray. You know, uh, a few Sundays ago I told the church about this Daniel fasting and prayer. This is where we get this Daniel fast. Well, he said right here what he did, you know. Eat, eat no, no meat. Then eat any, then drink the king's wine. Then eat any sweets. Fasting. Daniel fast. And we talked about fasting last weekend. And a couple Sundays ago I said to the church, somebody told me that you ain't ready to die until you eat at the Brazilian all-the-meat-you-can-eat restaurant. Yeah. Def- something defogo, for, or something, I don't know. Yeah, you've been there. <laughs> yeah. See, I ain't never been there. I've never been there. Three weeks ago, i never been there. But now, before the first service this morning, somebody gave Miss Ann, uh, office assistant, administrator, pardon me, uh, an envelope to give me. And there was, in that envelope, two gift cards... One for the first lady, and the other for her shadow, to go eat at that restaurant. I'm thankful for it. I've also heard that you ain't ready to die until you go to Hawaii. I'll be waiting for the next envelope next Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. Don't you let no hair make you think there ain't nothing up here. Yeah. Moving on, Pastor, moving on. People who hear God totally dedicate themselves to respond to what they hear. Give me just a few minutes with this because it's powerful. Look at the scripture, please. Daniel 10, 10, and 11. Suddenly a hand touched me which made me tremble on my knees and on the palms of my hands. And he said to me, O Daniel, man greatly beloved, understand the words that I speak to you and stand upright, for I have now been sent to you. While he was speaking, Daniel said, while he was speaking this word to me, I stood trembling. Wow. Listen to me. I long for that kind of visitation from God in my prayers. Don't you? What would you do? I think I'd do what Daniel did. My tongue would become thick in my mouth. My, my, my mouth would dry up because of my anxiety. My knees would beat together and I'd be like Daniel and John the Revelator when the anointing of God showed up in the form of an angel or the pre-carnate Jesus Christ, pre-incarnate Jesus Christ, whoever it is. This, the Bible talks about this man, this angel who appeared to Daniel after he fasted and prayed for 21 days. It could have been Jesus Christ before he was in the flesh. And there may be that in the case, whatever it is. When God, when divinity shows up in the midst of humanity, something happens in humanity that you, you, you just, he fell on his face. His palms sweated, his knees, and the man's, the angel said, stand up. I didn't send, send you here to scare you to death. I didn't come here to scare you to death. I, I came here as an answer to your prayers. 
Every time I'm hurrying. Daniel prayed throughout the book of Daniel. Every, he had a 10-day fast when he first came as a slave. When you read Daniel 1, you'll find he, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, three of his teenage friends, among many other Jewish young men, were selected by Nebuchadnezzar. Because of their comeliness, because of their skills, because of their talent, because of their wisdom, having already been trained in their homeland. And the king thought to himself, I don't want to reinvent the wheel. I'll take all the prisoners that I can who are smart, who are talented, who are gifted, and they'll build my kingdom. And so Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were selected. And, and, and you know the story. The king told the man in charge of the nurturing of these prisoners and other young people of his own nation. Feed them well. Give them the best for my table. Give them the best meat, the best vegetables, the best grains, the best beverage, the wine, the sweets. And when you bring these young men and others like them before me, for me to assess their value to my kingdom, make sure they look their best. And even though Daniel was a slave in a foreign land as a teenager, he still remembered what he was taught at the synagogue or the temple or the tabernacle. More the temple or the tabernacle being the Old Testament. And Daniel remembered that we have a kosher diet. I can't, even in a strange land, I cannot eat food offered up to idols and strange gods and an idolatrous king. And he told the man in charge of their physique and their appearance, let us only eat the grains, the vegetables, and the fruits. No meat, no wine, no sweets for ten days and prove us. After ten days, we, me and my three friends, if we are not as healthy and as robust and as alert in our mind as the others who were eating all that stuff, then you could put us on the king's diet. And you know the story. They were healthy and robust and more alert until the, the servant of the king took the rest of the people off the king's diet and made them go on Daniel's fast. Can I hear an amen? Because every time Daniel faced a situation, when God answered the prayers, he, he willingly did whatever God said to do. Can I get another amen here? No, what I'm saying to you is, if God does speak to you, and let me put it this way, when God speaks to you, you have to respond to God by doing absolutely what God says as a result of your intercession. Can you hear me when I tell you that this was the pattern of Daniel's life? You read the whole book. When he knew what God said, he did it. I believe that Daniel heard from God, listen to me now, in the future. You might want to write this down. He heard from God in the future because he responded to what he heard in the present. I've got to teach you here a minute. Because he responded what he heard from God when he was 15 years old, God could speak to him at 85 years old. You see, if all I'm interested in is getting blessed of God in 2011, responding to that, and not willing to respond to what God says to my prayers in 2012, I can't expect to hear from God in 2013. Did you all hear what I said? Because God is not interested in just speaking to hear Himself talk. When God gives me an answer, even it may not be exactly what I want, but I know it's confirmed by the Word of God and by my prayer, my business is when I hear from God is to totally dedicate myself to do what God told me to do. Listen to this. If you do not listen to God now and respond to what you hear 
Why would he continue to speak to a brick wall? Y'all helping me preach here? You, you who raise kids know what I'm talking about. <laughs> you know, you're talking to your kids. And you want them to go the right path, hang with the right crowd, have the right values, have the right manners, make good grades, not mar and scar their life with the wrong things. But every once in a while, don't you feel like Verizon? Can you hear me now? <laughs> you say to your kids, sometimes, sometimes my dad, when I was growing up, would hold me by the chin. Huh? That would make you even more mad. Because, I, I, well, back to Lakeland, he is such an anointed subject. I, he's two years old now, and if I'm talking to somebody else, like some of you, and I got, got, got him in my arm, he don't like that. He pulls Papa's face like this. <laughs> and I'm saying all that to tell you. Why would God keep talking to me when I ain't doing nothing he said? It's kind of like being a pastoral counselor. Mm. Pray about that anchor holding. I might need it right now, brother. <laughs> you know, I've seen people come get counseling from me. I know Pastor Jeff probably say it. And two or three weeks, a month later, they're still back in the same old junk. It's like if they were given therapy by just coming and talking to me. It just felt good talking to you, Pastor. Just getting it off my chest. Listen, I got a black belt on. I'm not interested in putting another notch there on somebody come and talk to me and waste my time. What I'm saying is, if you believe I'm a man of God, full of the Holy Ghost, I would like for you to at least try some of the advice I give you. Try tithing and giving. Try asking somebody to forgive you what you've done. Try showing up to church and attend the house of God. Try fulfilling the promise you made to God that if He bless you with a child, you'll come to the house of God. If you give you a job, you'll tithe and give. If you open, can I get an amen here? See, it makes me want to keep blessing people and helping people, my children, my family, and the church I'm serving. You may not get it right, and I don't say I'm the man, I'm God's only man. You can hear from other people, but it encourages us, it encourages me to know that if I've contributed to your life by a 45-minute counseling session, along the way, you're at least trying out what God says. God speaks to those who truly desire to hear Him and those who are dedicated to His voice, and He will change them. Pastor Chad, please. Listen to this. This is the political season. We hear a lot of opinion polls. Can I, can I get it? Man, one day, Newt Gingrich is sworn to the percentage of opinion polls. That's Monday. Tuesday, after the debate, phew, Mitt Romney, whoo, way up there. He's going to be the man. He's the man. He's the man. That's a debate again. Uh, Rick Santorum. Yeah, yeah. He's the man. He's the man. Done swept. He done swept the whole state of Iowa. <laughs> Michelle Bachman out of the race. Well, I never. Uh, Herman Cain and all these names. And we all, we're getting all these opinion polls. And thank God we don't orient, at least me, I don't orient my life around opinion polls. What we usually do when we hear opinion polls in this, in this election season is we... We either agree with them or disagree with them. And then we don't stop there. It gives us a platform to give our own opinion. Can, can, can I hear an amen? Yeah. And all the opinion polls really do around this 
election season is to give us a place to speak our opinion. But I'm going somewhere with this. Many of us treat hearing God like a heavenly opinion poll. We simply want to know God's opinion on the subject. And we think we are free to agree or disagree, but it really isn't going to affect my life. I'm preaching to you now. You know that I don't fast and pray to bring you a sermon every Sunday, nor does any other pastor here when they minister. Just because we like hearing ourselves yell and shout. Matter of fact, I was going a completely different route yesterday, most of the day, Pastor Jeff, until late in the evening. And here God does it to me again. He knows I need to study, so he did it. Pastor, you know, you know what I'm talking about. Changes the path. I don't come here to give you my opinion. And when I do, and it comes out that way, then you need to examine it by the Word of God. And if it ain't in the Word, you need to throw it away. But if it's the Word, here's, you need to write this down. God's voice is not an opinion. It is the decision. I said God's voice through His Word or answer to prayer is not an opinion. It is the decision. It ain't up to you to take it or leave it or, or, or run by it and forget it. When God speaks into our life, it isn't an elected official trying to appease a special interest group. Have you seen these politicians? Have you seen those preceding them in both parties? Whatever town they're in, they promise in some bridge, some reservoir, <laughs> uh, some building, some place. Special interest group. You and I are his special interest. Did you all hear me? God is especially interested in all of us becoming like his son, Jesus. Can I get another amen? So, so when God speaks, it isn't so that he will feel better because somebody heard him. I just feel better, Pastor, because you heard me. That ain't God. Uh-uh. When God speaks, it's so that I will be better by hearing him. Stand, please, would you? Mm, Jesus. Has God ever showed up in your life? And change things when you really pursue them. Unless, I know you're standing and just kind of get your bearings, get yourself all. But, but don't, unless you have an emergency, tarry with me a little bit because I really believe he has a, just a little bit more for you. If I really want to hear and I desire, I'll act like it. And then when I hear, I will do it. I will do it. And, and there's more to this because... If prayer is only a, well, I'm getting ready to go to the lines then, God, so deliver me for the line. My three friends are getting ready to go in the furnace, so help them out. Isn't that Daniel? I've been accused by some other people about praying too much. They may kill me. If the only t- Daniel didn't just pray every once in a while. Prayer has to be the rhythm and the routine of our lives. Did you hear what I said? 
It's, Daniel got up three times, a, at three times a day. I don't care if he was signing papers, if he was governing the empire, if he had appointments, if he had dinners. Three times a day he would leave where he was, go back to his apartment or his house when he lived in a foreign land under a foreign king, open his window to face to the right direction of the holy city of Jerusalem. And three times a day, rhythm, routine, nothing will separate. Just like I eat three times a day, I pray three times. That's when God will show up. When it's not just, okay, God, I'm fixing to have surgery. Help me out. If he's ever heard you, lift up your hands and thank him that you will listen again when he speaks. Come on, you tell him, God, I will listen again when you speak so that you won't be speaking to the wind. Come on, thank him and praise him. And then tell him, God, I want to hear from you and I will not ignore you. Come on, raise your voices a little louder like some people who want to hear from God. Come on, in Jesus' name. Oh, hallelujah. Come on, lift, lift up holy hands. If you want to hear from him, would you just call on him right now? And would you tell him, God, if it means fasting. We may have finished a week of fasting and prayer, but I, I can fast more if you tell me. Come on. God, if it means obey, God, I should be giving more. I should be serving you, God. I should be forgiving. Come on. God, I don't expect you to bless me so I can go away and run away from you. I don't expect you to bless me, God, so I can keep living like I want to. I'm, God, you're not a re interested in giving me an opinion. You are interested in guiding my life. Come on and pray that way. God, I get opinions from everybody else. What I want is a right now word from the Holy Ghost. Uh, come on, somebody here is getting it. Somebody here, the anchor is holding. Oh, blessed be your name, Jesus. Blessed be your name. Put your hands down just a moment. Here's what the Holy Ghost says. I close this series of sermons with these words. Keep circling. For you to understand that story, you need to go back and get the first CD if you were not available that day. Keep circling your Jericho. Keep circling your affliction. Keep circling your family, your finances, your calling, your job, your fears. My word to you is... Make prayer the rhythm and rhyme of your life. Keep. Turn to your neighbor on either side and say to them, keep circling. Say to somebody else behind you. Come on. Keep circling. Keep circling. Oh, hallelujah. Okay, now look this way. I need some people here this morning who are so desperate. Say, Pastor, I've been circling, but I'm not ready to give up. I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm not, it's, it's after the fast, but fasting is like sowing a seed in the ground. You don't get vegetables the next day. Fasting is like planting. It will come, but you got to keep planting and watering and weeding and feeding. I wonder if I got some folks here this morning say, God, you're speaking and I'm not going to miss your voice. I still got some stuff to circle. Leave from where you are. Sing that chorus as they come in Jesus' name. Come and stand in this altar. And raise up your hands when you come and circle, circle, circle. Come from all over this church. Everybody else, raise up your hands. Circle with them.